Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bilotto. Kim, big show on tap today. We've got a great guest coming up in the second segment. Uh, Alphabet Energy is going to be joining us. But first, you, we haven't been in the studio in a while. We have not. Shell Magazine has been everywhere in the state of Texas, <laughs> show, covering shows and taping the Oil Patch radio show on location. Uh, you know, we just got back from uh, Houston. We covered uh, the Wildcatters event. Uh, they were honoring the Double Eagle Energy Permian LLC, John Sellers and Cody Campbell. What a story. They just sold their assets to Parsley Energy for $2.8 billion. And these guys, uh, they basically are just the true definition of a wildcatter. They just uh, decided to set out and uh, go and open up an oil and gas company. They were in real estate. And then after that, it's all over. They just sold their assets in yeah, Permian they'll Basin. Have, they'll have a nice Christmas. Oh, for sure. They're <laughs> actually scheduled to, to actually close this month here in April. So congratulations to them. It was very nice to see. Uh, you know, they're just great guys. Very nice guys. Lot, lots of shows going on right now, too. Exactly. We have uh, the Win Conference coming up uh, here April 26th through the 28th, which is Women's Energy Network in Houston. And um, we also have OTC we're getting ready for. We'll be out there, too. Uh, May 1st through the 5th. So we're excited. We're definitely heading out. Uh, we're getting a lot more requests to come and uh, tape the show or have Shell Magazine out on, on hand with, uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, have Shell Magazine be there and, and be present. New issue of Shell Magazine. Let's talk about that. Great cover. Oh, Doug Suttles, the uh, CEO of Incana. What a great company. Great leadership. Great mindset. Um, he was an amazing cover. And, you know, it is uh, a great thrill for us to be able to bring their stories forward because when do you really get to interview a ceo of a, of a great oil company like in canada yeah when do they have time exactly and doug Suttles is an amazing cover amazing man uh and so we were very honored and inspired to to tell his story well, it's a great story about doug Suttles in canada it's online right now at shellmag.com but cam i think right now we need to catch up with our resident energy expert and associate editor of shell magazine david blackman david welcome to the show well, thank you, Alvin. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, David, this week uh, has really been very interesting. Uh, I want to talk about Trump and his administration, the discussion of the Paris Agreement. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that. What do you think is going on there? What do you think is going to happen? Well, you know, the, the president campaigned on on a promise to withdraw the United States from, from that climate agreement. And, and the reason why he made that an element of his campaign is, is the whole America First thing. That agreement, uh, and it doesn't get much discussion in the news media, but uh, it, that's a terrible agreement for the United States because all of the commitments to reduce emissions for the United States are front-loaded in the first five years of this 30-year agreement. Uh, meanwhile, all the commitments from the Chinese and India and these other gigantic countries around the world who are uh, whose emissions are far, far higher than ours, uh, are backloaded in the, the last five years of this agreement, five to ten years. And so what this is, what you end up having, is a massive transfer of wealth 
from the United States to these other countries in the early years of the agreement, and no real opportunity for the United States to ever catch up. It's it's a huge transfer of wealth, and um, and whether you agree believe in global warming theory or not, which some people in the administration do, like Jared Kushner and some others. You know, who wanted to stay in the agreement. Uh, there are others in the administration, like Steve Bannon and, and some of the others, who want to take them out, uh, take the United States out of the agreement. And ultimately, that'll be the president's decision. And uh, the other thing about that is why, why that's relevant to oil and gas is that Paris Climate Agreement, the, the commitments the United States made, and it drives all these tightening regulations on the oil and gas industry. So many of them are, are a result of that agreement. So it's it's a uh, it's a real big deal to to everybody in the energy sector. The rig count has been going up. We've seen a lot of activity in Permian Basin, New Mexico pipelines. So, what are some of the great things that are happening right now in the oil industry? Yeah, you know, the first of the year in my Forbes column, I predicted we would add the industry would activate an additional two hundred rigs in the first four months of the year. Uh, that actually happened in the first three months of the year, and we continue to add rigs this month as well. We're going to end up adding about 260, 270 additional drilling rigs in the first four months of the year, and that, of course, means increasing production, uh, not just in the Permian Basin where most of the rigs have been added, but in in you know basins like uh, the Eagle Ford Shale. Rig count has gone up very significantly in the DJ Basin in Colorado. In the Bakken Shale, even in the Haynesville Shale, uh, drilling for natural gas in the Haynesville Shale, rig count has doubled in the last three months up there. Now, that's, there's only about 40 rigs operating there, but I mean, still, this is very significant. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's great. It's produced a lot of jobs, uh, a lot of uh, economic impact, and it's good for the domestic industry. Well, you are definitely the only person that I know that has a crystal ball and can actually see what's going on and uh, have an accurate <laughs> assessment. Semi-accurate, <laughs> anyway. Right. Uh, let's talk about OPEC, because they made some interesting announcements as well. Or they're thinking about making some interesting announcements as well, correct? Correct. You know, their agreement to uh, reduce their exports uh, was only effective for the first six months of this year, during which time they hoped uh, the global supply and demand would balance. That hasn't quite happened, although it's getting close. Uh, and there's a lot of talk within the OPEC countries to extend that agreement for the second half of the year and, and make some deeper cuts in order to, you know, get supply and demand in balance, firm up the price. They want to get the price up to $60 a barrel. I mean, basically, that's what the Saudis and, and Iraqis really have been talking about trying to achieve, and they'll need to cut probably another half million barrels a day uh, from, you know, their overall cartel production, which isn't much, uh, you know, during the second half of the year, and that'll probably balance the market and firm the price up substantially. So hopefully they'll do that, um, you know, because the United States here in the U.S., we're, we're going to continue to increase production and there's nothing you can do to control U.S. producers. We're not a regulated market like, and we don't have a national oil company like these other countries do. So uh, hopefully that'll happen. If it doesn't happen, then we'll see the price fall back into the 40s again. So uh, everybody should keep their fingers crossed. Right, which that doesn't benefit anyone. So hopefully OPEC does not. Uh, last thing, let's talk about pipelines. We've had a lot of activity on pipeline on the pipeline area. What's going on with Keystone and uh, we had some activity in new pipelines coming in. Talk to me about that. 
Yeah, boy, I, I tell you, it's um, been a busy news year for the pipeline segment of the business, which uh, I hardly ever wrote about before this year. And so it seems like every other column I write is about pipeline issues. Uh, yeah, we're, we're having, we've had three major uh, announcements out of the Permian, big pipelines coming out of the Permian to take both oil and natural gas to the Gulf Coast for refining and processing. Um, that's going to create a big economic boom in Corpus Christi and, and other ports uh, along the Texas Gulf Coast, which is great. Uh, we're seeing more and more pipelines being built to carry natural gas from Texas into northern Mexico uh, because, you know, the uh, Pemex has not developed the natural gas fields in northern Mexico. So, you know, they continue to buy more and more natural gas from the United States, which is in turn helping to firm up the natural gas price. Uh, here in the U.S., and that's why we so many more drilling rigs uh, up in the Haynesville Shale, which is great. Um, so it's all good. It's um, you know, it's all good news, and uh, it's it's amazing how things have changed since the election. Uh, it just seems like we we only have good things to talk about in terms of, of the industries. Are you getting tired of winning yet? <laughs> yeah, getting tired of winning. The elections matter. I tell you what, they really do matter. We're finding that out. Well, all I want to say is, uh, in closing, thank you for coming on the show again this week. And uh, the closing line probably needs to be jobs, 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 high-paying jobs. David, that's, <laughs> that's all the time we have this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. Thanks, David. We do need to take a quick break now. In the next segment, we've got the Senior Vice President of Alphabet Energy. Matusi Paul is going to be with us, Kim. It's going to be a great show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you looking for an opportunity to connect with hundreds of professionals in the energy industry and learn about current trends, which will shape every aspect of energy for years to come? Join us for the 2017 Women's Energy Network National Conference from April 26th through the 28th at the brand new Marriott Marquis Hotel in downtown Houston. The theme of this year's conference is Energy Resilience Refueling Innovation, featuring presentations and panels by industry leaders to educate you about emerging issues, inspire you to lead, and orient you to the challenges facing each sector. The event will include keynote presentations from Judy Smith, Inspiration4, and co-executive producer of the hit series, Scandal. A presentation from Jack Gerard, CEO and President of the American Petroleum Institute, and an industry keynote panel featuring Elizabeth Killinger, President of NRG Retail and Reliant, Jody Markopoulos, GE Oil and Gas Chief Operating Officer, and CJ Warner, Tesoro Executive Vice President of Operations, as well as four diverse breakout tracks for you to select based on what fits your needs and career stage. In addition, there will be mentoring circles, an expo hall where you can speak with sponsors, and a LinkedIn corner where you can update your profile, speak with recruiters, and even take a new headshot. Registration includes a wine tasting, fitness events, and other social activities at the beautiful Marriott Marquis, the host hotel for Super Bowl 51, as well as a Texas Shade pool and access to excellent dining and entertainment options in downtown Houston. You can sign up at our website, www.womensenergynetwork.org. And as a reader of Shell Magazine, you're eligible for a discount registration code. If you can't attend our conference, you can visit the site to join as a WIN member and participate in informative luncheons and networking events throughout the year. We hope that you join us at the 2017 WIN National Conference, April 26th through the 28th. For more information, visit www.womensenergynetwork.org. 
Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. And welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto. Kim, we've got a very special guest on the line with us today, Senior Vice President of Alphabet Energy, Matusi Paul. Mr. Paul, welcome to the show, number one, but... Give us a little bit of background on Alphabet Energy and, and tell us about yourself. Thank you very much uh, for, for having me on the program. Um, Alphabet Energy is a, an energy technologies company um, based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we have offices in uh, Houston and uh, representation out in the Middle East. Uh, the bulk of our work is around a um, a novel semiconductor uh, that's called a thermoelectric, and it has the property of generating electricity uh, from waste heat, which in our universe and our world today is extremely valuable because we have heat sources all over the place. You know, at home, it might be your hot water tank. Um, when you're driving to work, it might be coming off the tailpipe of your car or uh, where most of our work is at Alphabet Energy out in the oil patch, uh, typically associated with uh, exhaust streams and uh, flares and combustors. Now, Alphabet Energy, though, uh, Matusi, is is a unique company because you're doing something very unusual, and no one else is really doing what you guys are doing. Um, Tell me how your um, energy company is working specifically in the oil patch to change things uh, in a very different but also green way. Absolutely. Um, Most of our work in the oil field today is around what we call the power generating combustor. And when you look at our power generating combustor and the technologies that we're bringing to the oil field, um, it's what what, what we're talking about today is is really unique. Um, Traditionally, as uh, I imagine most of your listeners are aware, Um, Traditionally, when you have vapors that need to be destroyed um, because you can't get, for example, uh, natural gas, you can't get it to market, um, traditionally those you use a flare to to burn that off. And while that's really good at destroying vapors, it's also, it's a waste. It's a waste of energy and for investors who plunk down a lot of money um, to build out a well pad, that's I mean that gives you indigestion to see to see those hydrocarbons going uh going go, literally going up in smoke. So really the problem that we you know I like to think about it kind of like a, an onion 
the, the layer that we peeled off and the problem that we're addressing in the oil patch is really making productive use of those waste gases that were, uh, were traditionally going to flare. And, you know, that's a really uh, great thing that you're mentioning because we all have seen flaring, rather, we're driving, you know, to um, through uh, the countryside, whether it's in uh, Permian Basin or the Eagle Ford, South Texas, you do see the flaring. Well, have you seen the... the uh the aerial photography at night that, that NASA's taken pictures that shows the the flaring up in the Dakotas and it's as bright as Chicago. There's a lot of in, you're you're absolutely right. There's a, a lot of energy there that can be captured and used and reused. And and so that's kind of what energy uh, Alphabet Energy is doing. It's a you you guys you all have a very unique company, but also probably one of the few companies developing oil and gas technology in the heart of Silicon Valley. So you're not actually uh, anywhere in Texas, which is kind of unusual because this is like the hub of energy. So uh, what I want to get into is the political side of uh, how that affects. Uh, you guys, since you're actually located in California, so does this? How does this affect you in California and abroad? Not necessarily being in a uh, energy state. Well, you know, I would kind of I would caveat that to say, you know, when you say not necessarily an energy state, you know, California has significant oil production uh, down in the southern half of the state in Central Valley or in around Bakersfield. That's true then, too. Uh, yes, and then down uh, down in around Los Angeles. Um, that being said, there's no question that there is a, um, a, a divide, uh, particularly from the San Francisco Bay Area um, and, and the oil patch in general. Um, but, you know, I think bridging, bridging that divide, um, I think what a, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us safety or, you know, um, assume that that divide mirrors kind of like the red state, blue state divide in the U.S., um, you know, we're in a unique position because we've been, a- we've been able to bridge it. We've been able to stra- you know, straddle those two worlds, and it, it, is, it does put us in a unique position. And, you know, I, from, a, from a, you know, personal side, you know, when people in the Bay Area ask me where I work, and, uh, and I tell them that I spend most of my time in South Texas and the Permian. Um, number one, they've never heard of the Permian, which uh, kind of you know, boggles the mind. <laughs> one of the um, best kept secrets. But, yeah, but they almost always frown and say, you know, what on earth are you doing out there? Um, and then I explain a bit, and then their follow-up question is almost always, why are you helping oil companies? And you know, it's it's interesting to be in a position where you know I, I know I think differently from so many of my neighbors, and you know it's it's taken me time to get there, but it's always interesting to hear that response. You know, why are you helping oil companies? As if, you know, as if that's a taboo. Um, you know, the the other the other perspective, or coming from the other direction, um, I recall one of my first well pad inspections uh, down in Webb County. Um, where I saw an official company oil field services work truck with a big old bumper sticker on the back that said Obama. And it had Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes peeing, peeing on Obama. And I'd never seen a company car with a political <laughs> advertisement on the back. I haven't and, and it really struck me, wow, you know, this is pretty serious. And this guy can't be the only one feeling this way if he's confident enough where he can advertise his politics 
at his customers' work sites. Right. Um, you know, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, it was a reality check to me to say, look, you know, the same, you know, the same kind of feelings and the level of questioning that uh, that I get in Northern California is, you know, there are different perspectives all over the place. I guess that's the takeaway. Well, Mr. Paul, we do need to take a quick break right now. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. And, you know, Kim, I think we've got a great sociopolitical uh, conversation going on here. And we'll pick that up again on, on the flip side. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Home to the prolific Permian Basin and Eagle Ford Plays, Texas is North America's most active oil-producing region, and its midstream operators handle millions of barrels of crude and cubic feet of natural gas every single day, which is why Heart Energy developed its annual Midstream Texas Conference and Exhibition, giving industry professionals a comprehensive look at midstream business activity from the state's premier shale plays to its massive Gulf Coast refining complexes. Join us at Midstream Texas May 23rd through the 24th, 2017 in Midland, Texas at the Midland County Horseshoe Arena. You can register for this great event at MidstreamTexas.com. Once again, that's MidstreamTexas.com. We'll see you there. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our very special guest this week, Senior Vice President from Alphabet Energy, Matusi Paul. Welcome back to the show. You know, uh, Matusi, before the break, you were talking about... um, the political stance or the political beliefs uh, here in Texas. And, and we definitely, like our, our great state, have uh, big opinions. And it's very common, especially before uh, the election, to drive through uh, the oil patches and see uh, the opinion that um, uh, a lot of the uh, both patches were supporting um, the Trump-Pence ticket just because there had been a lot of regulation um, that had been occurring under the Obama administration. And so, Mike, I'm, I'm curious to learn a little bit more and, and unpack a little bit more the, the thought behind. So you're living in a blue state and working pretty much in a red state. How has that uh, for you proven? Has it been a hurdle? And how have you been able to grow your business? How have you overcome the hurdles? Well, yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's certainly a good question. Um, you know, one of the one of the drawbacks of having our technology recognized so prominently and so early on was that we really didn't anticipate how some of the stereotypes of being from a blue state might affect our outreach um, and you know our attempts to enter into the oil into the oil field uh, before we even had a chance to pitch the product. Um, you know, and I would as an example, would share that, 
you know, typically when we go into um, a conference or a trade show or even a first time meeting at a prospective customer, uh, pr prospective customer site, generally when we go in and you talk to your, your, your safety or your environmental and health folks, um, whether you're talking to those EHS folks or tech folks alike, people truly see and understand the value of our technology. Um, the, the limiting factor has been just in the you know, quote unquote real world that we've had to learn to break down some of the barriers um, that it, it just took a while for us to grow, you know, to, for us to grow into recognizing and appreciating that, um, that there are hurdles there. Um, and, and it's certainly taken some time for us to come to grips with. Well, you know, uh, beyond the um, political discussion, socio-political discussion, you know, we we have now a transition in the White House and actually throughout the country on a state, on a state and regulatory level. How is that affecting your business? Because there's been a lot of change with this new administration. A lot of of, of over overburdened regulation is starting to be. Um, removed and so how have you seen this affect your business you know, in interestingly enough and again you know coming back to this idea of uh, you know bridging and trying to bridge that divide I would show as case in point um, just in the last two weeks the California State Energy Commission um, awarded a substantial grant to Alphabet Energy and the Lawrence Berkeley National Labs, which is uh, largely funded by the Department of Energy. But the California Energy Commission awarded a grant for us to expand our work in the core research, the very same research that drives the technology that we're leveraging in the oil patch. So I use that as an example to show that really when you boil it all down, the argument for energy independence and you know what some people call the you know the all of the above energy strategy that those goals are really consistent on both sides of the realist political aisle um a lot of people make a big issue of there being these huge differences but if california taxpayer money is going to supplement and enhance research and development that stands to benefit texas and the texas oil field there's something right there. There's something really right there. True. I'm sure you probably, you know, seen the type of company reducing emissions and cutting operating costs, generating power using, you know, the natural gas flares or actually, you know, reducing that. It's a no-brainer to see that a that Alphabet Energy is a great product. So that being said, you've taken a couple of awards. Um, one of them specifically has been the Steer Award. But I'm curious to get uh, back on the topic of the political end of it. So how was it when you first took your first business trip into a red state coming from California and, and seeing some of the way uh, the good old boys operate? Was that a very eye-opening experience for you? Um, or uh, was it just, you know, business as usual? I want to get into that, but we have to take a real quick break. You are listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations, advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. 
Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Managers, bosses, supervisors, hey, flu season is here. Don't let the flu bug bite your employees. Banish sick days and keep your workforce strong, healthy, and productive with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 866-334-2485. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bagley here with Kim Bellotto and our special guest on the line with us today, Senior Vice President of Alphabet Energy, Matusi Paul. Kim, when we went to break, uh, you two were talking about the, 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 good, good, old, old the good old boy network. <laughs> Um, let's pick that up right where we left off. Yeah, Matusi, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, maybe one of your first, how was uh, your first business trip into a red oil and gas state versus California? And what what did you find? How did you perceive your first visit? Well, for, first, I got to put my put all my cards on the table and tell you that uh, my, my family's, uh, dad's family's from Missouri, and uh, my mom's family's all from Louisiana. So... Well, while I did have clocked a good deal of time in California, um, I don't feel like I'm uh, I'm so much of the outsider. Um, you know that that being said, uh, when you you know referring to the good old boys, I mean those those fellows have been flaring for years, and they've been doing a a great job in the in oil patch, and you know really what what the challenge has been for us is to repackage you know what may have been an environmental argument in california to an argument one that would hold sway out in the oil field and to an angle of that same argument that would work in the corporate environment in houston and really what that boils down to is that Number one, in terms of functionality, Alphabet Energy's power-generating combustor harnesses the safety benefit of a flare and improves the vapor destruction efficiency of a flare and ultimately leverages all of that heat that used to be wasted to generate electricity. Secondly, by capturing the versatility of a flare and adding on the new ability to generate electricity, we improve site reliability and reduce operating costs. So there's pretty much universal appeal there. It doesn't matter if you're a greenie or a roughneck or even a politician. Um, if you can show a return on investment on something that used to be a cost center, that's a good thing. And if you can also help the environment, that's that's a really good that's thing. That's even a better thing, exactly. Is, is there enough power generated to be able to feed it back to the grid to take the load off of some of our power plants? So most of so the answer the answer to that is yes, uh, but I would put a caveat there that where we have found really unique positioning, um, especially in the more remote remote corners of uh, Wyoming, um, certainly in South Texas, and we absolutely see in the Permian as well, are sites that aren't connected to the grid. 
So oftentimes they're having to rely on less than ideal sources for on-site power generation. Um, those sources of power are not always the most reliable and they're also typically pretty expensive. So we're generating electricity for loads on site that are typically um, uh, SCADA, instrumentation, controls, lighting, security systems, um, and in some instances, um, compressed air for, uh, for instrument air. Now, Matusi, earlier in the show, you discussed that Alphabet Energy had received some federal uh, funds pertaining to, I guess, basically funds that were normally set aside for uh, solar or wind. Um, and is it specifically because of this new technology that you guys are curtailing or curbing, if you will, uh, energy companies using flaring technology and actually capturing that and reusing it in the way of, of energy back on their site? Is that some of the funding that you talked about? Is this what the funding that you received was to further continue uh, to build on this project and, and your product line? Well, uh, just point of point of clarification there. The, uh, the the federal money that we are working with is tied to um, to other projects in the Defense Department. Okay. Um, and we can save that for a whole nother a whole nother radio show. A whole show. other show. Um, yeah. But the uh, but the the grants that I spoke to earlier were from the uh, from the California Energy Commission. Alphabet Energy's ambitions are global. And the California Energy Commission understands that the research that we're doing doesn't just have an impact for California. It has an impact for Texas. It has an impact for the country and potentially impact for the world. So I think their money and their objective is to accelerate the development of these technologies that really leverage the core strengths of of our oil and gas industry. Very interesting. I, I want to take us back to red state versus blue states and the the stereotypical perception that that occurs when we look at these different states. When it comes down to the topic of energy, and these two different states, give me a, a description of what you would say as far as um, how are the differences between a blue state and a red state when they look at energy, and um, you know um, the differences between them. How would you? Uh, you know, address that or, or tell me a little bit about the differences that you see in contrast between these two states or different, you know, the, the perception. You know, I do think um, that by, by spending, you know, I think as a community, we spend a, a ton of time drilling in on those differences. And really, I try to flip it around as much as I can to say, you know, let's 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 figure out what some of those similarities are and you know the common overlap that we see you know whether it's uh you know talking to the legislature in austin or the legislature in sacramento um the idea of effectively leveraging emissions and exhaust that used to be that we all assumed was just waste going in there and making the case that look we can do something valuable with this and we can show an aggressive return on investment, and everybody's going to be able to tick all the boxes that they want. Um, even when we have, you know, a, a divided house, we've been able to kind of stitch it, you know, stitch it together. So it has been really interesting to be able to go in and talk to both an environmental group um, and a natural resources group and to get them to lobby together on our behalf. And I think we're in a unique spot because 
our power generating combustors kind of meet meet that need and are kind of that gold standard, I think, that sets a template for for us to be able to work together. You know, um, I do want to get into a little bit more about the technology since it's such a unique technology, Matusi, but we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Empower Rural Texas and join the Texas Rural Challenge at the Waco Convention Center from June 29th through the 30th. Hosted by the UTSA Institute for Economic Development SBDC Rural Business Program, this is the largest state event of its kind. Engage in innovative presentations regarding small business leadership and community development or business plan competitions for Texas small business owners and college students. Join the challenge and register as an attendee, vendor, or sponsor at TexasRuralChallenge.org. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our guest on the phone today, Senior Vice President of Alphabet Energy, Matusi Paul. Kim, we've been talking about technology, and I think you wanted to unpack that just a little bit further and and get some more information about that. Yeah, well, you know, Alvin, there's so much uh, publicity around energy with especially uh, environmentalists and and more of a green type of groups that really would like to uh, see uh, energy stay in the ground. And Matusi, before the break, we were talking about um, some of the things that you guys are doing to help uh, the oil and gas sector uh, gather the resources that we, you know, so desperately need, but at the same time doing it in a very uh, uh, efficient and, of course, greener way. So tell me a little bit about, uh, are you guys the only ones that are doing it? Or is this Does this appear that we're moving in this direction, that most of the energy companies are are using this model because it, of course, is a great benefit to the environment. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that, your product. So for, before, right just before I dive into the product piece, I would add on to your comment about, um, you know, market interest in being efficient or more efficient and also being greener. You know, the, one of the real key issues out in the oil field, the third, the third angle there is safety. Um, it's got to be safer. I mean, you're not going to put something out there that improves your bottom line, but puts your people at risk. So by bringing a power generation solution to site that makes the site more efficient and makes it greener because we are no longer wasting those vapors that formerly went to flare, when we say, look, we can also improve your site safety because we're improving site reliability, and you are going to send fewer technicians to site to deal with issues associated with flaring or issues associated with on-site power generation. Those three points together really, um, in, in my it's a mind, no-brainer. yeah, it really kind of crystallizes where where you know where we're going with this. Um, so, getting back to your question on the on the technology piece, the um, the easiest way to think about it, or yeah, you know, I like to share the thinking about the technology is. A, a solar panel needs light to generate electricity. If you could take one of those same photovoltaic chips, but instead make it hot and generate electricity, that's pretty much what we're doing. So we take um, a flare or a combustor and route the hot exhaust gas that comes off of those across our semiconductors. And that's how we generate electricity. We use some of that electricity to improve the uh, combustion efficiency of the system. Um, without going into too much detail, that just means that this, for the same volume of flare gas that would normally 
uh, light a fire that you see out at night and, you know, send up a plume of smoke that you see during the day. Instead, we can we can combust those same vapors to the point where there are no there. We showed a destruction efficiency of over 99 percent. So there's not much left and you certainly can't see any smoke off. Of it. So the emissions piece is a real strong advocacy point. The other the other chunk is now that these guys have electricity on site, the the rest of the electricity that we're generating, they can now move to a much more efficient operating model because the equipment that used to require manual turning switches on and off or opening and closing valves or using uh, gas pneumatics that would re result in methane that would otherwise be vented, now we're delivering electricity on site uh, and that electricity can be used to electrify all of these other things that um, that that now make their lives easier and make the business, um, it improves operating efficiency. And, you know, when, when I think about it, you know, the product that you guys are developing, are, you know, should be uh, a great, uh, it should be something that we should all be um, noticing and, and waking up to, that you guys are actually changing the way that energy companies are doing or have done business and are moving them into a greener and a more environmentally friendly way of capturing um, our, our energy resources in the ground. And, you know, it really shouldn't be rather it, you're from a blue state or a red state uh, or a political stance. It's basically, I think that all of the energy companies, um, you know, what they should be moving in this direction uh, because it just seems like it's the right thing to do. It's taking, you know, wasted energy that we're, we're, we're releasing by burning, flaring it off and actually recapturing it and putting it back uh, and turning it into energy. And, um, you know, it's companies like Alphabet Energy that are uh, developing these technologies and bringing them into market that are so important. Uh, it's not actually, um, say, the energy companies, but it's basically entrepreneurs and companies that are, uh, tech savvy and looking at a problem and saying, you know, let's try to figure it out. Um, and so, Matusi, thank you for being a guest on today's show. We really enjoyed talking about Alphabet Energy and what you guys are doing to help the environment and, of course, the energy sector. Um, and we look forward to having you come back on and talking about the uh, funding that you received for the Department of Defense here soon. And so thank you for being a guest on the show today. Before we go, I do want you to uh, share some information about how, if somebody wants more information about Alphabet Energy how do they get in touch with you guys? What's the what's the best method of communicating with Alphabet? Absolutely. Um, our website is www.alphabetenergy.com. That's one word. Um, our contact details are up there. Um, and there's been a, a, a slew of recent profiles in both San Antonio Business Journal and Shale Magazine, among others, where uh, it's, folks are looking for kind of third-party reviews of the work we're doing with the power generating combustor i would encourage people to look in any of those sources mr paul thank you so much for joining us today again it's on the world wide web alphabetenergy.com click on it and uh, give these guys a look great company we do appreciate the what you guys are doing bringing your technology to market uh, we appreciate the good clean energy and we appreciate the forward thinking thank you so much mr paul for joining us today thanks for having me great guest today kim Great company, Alphabet Energy. Very interesting company. Love their technology that they've developed. And their technology light years ahead of, of anybody else that's tried to get in the market. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? They've cornered the market right now. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, I think uh, we need to make uh, Matusi Paul the topic of our trivia question today. 
That's right, Alvin. Be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com, and you're going to win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo the Chow, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. We were there the other day. What a great steakhouse. Oh, their Love food is delicious. Fogo the <laughs> Here's the question. Matusi Paul, he was our guest today. Alphabet Energy. What is his title? What is his position at Alphabet Energy? Again, be the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And you'll win yourself a nice dinner at Fogo de Chao, $100 gift certificate. Kim, that's going to be a wrap for this week. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show on Twitter at Shale Mag. And until next week, adios. In the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.